0: But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. So about three thousand men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries, and struck them down on the slopes. At this the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads."
1: You know, Maybe you're like me, but uh, I go through seasons of my life where I experience incredible defeat. And uh, how many of you in this room have never been defeated at anything in life? You're like undefeatable. Raise your hand, all right? Some of you are not being truthful. The truth is, is defeat is a part of life. And uh, in this passage here, it's a story that I want us to dive into today. And I want to talk to us on the idea of turning our defeat into victory. Turning our defeat into victory. Someone asked me earlier, are you preaching this message because tax season is close? And I said, no, it has nothing to do with your taxes. So wherever you are financially, no matter how much you owe or how much you're getting back, doesn't mean you've won or lost. But I do want to say this today. I do believe that we have a real enemy in life, and it's not the person sitting next to you, and it's not the child that lives in your house. The Bible says we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against spiritual warfare, spiritual powers. And that we have a real enemy, Satan, and he does not want us to win in our life. And so I think that we need to expose the lies of the enemy, but we need to figure out God's blueprint for how to turn our defeats in life into victory. Because God does give us a blueprint. If you have your Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7, one of my favorite books of the Bible, because it's the story about how God had promised his people, after you wander in the desert, uh, you're going to enter into the promised land. But when you enter into the promised land, you are not just to pass through the promised land, you are to possess the promised land. You're to walk in there, and I'm going to give you victory, and there's not going to be anybody that can stand against you. And so every time I read the book of Joshua, uh, my faith just goes through the roof because I realize that God can and will do more in a moment than I could ever do in a lifetime. God's power is greater than my power. His might is greater than my might. And, And defeat comes in my life when I take my eyes off that. And so the book of uh, Joshua tells us in Joshua 5 that God's people, as soon as they walked into the promised land, they took on this city called Jericho. And Jericho was kind of like the New York City. Nobody could take it down, right? And uh, the Bible says, though, that the, the people of God, the Israelites, they walked in and they marched around it and they blew trumpets and they literally took the place down to the ground. And you think, man, that's awesome, man. They were victorious. But the Bible says that in the midst of that, God told them when you take the city out, There are certain things in the city that belong to me. It was the first city, the first victory that they experienced in the promised land. And God said, I want you to take these things in this first victory and devote them to me. But the Bible says there was one guy who saw some spoils. In fact, he saw a beautiful robe. His name was Achan. And so he took the robe and he stole it and he kept it at his house. And all of a sudden, in the beginning part of Joshua chapter 7, we see this uncrazy story about how they went from defeating the people at Jericho to facing defeat with a smaller people known as the people of Ai. And every time I read this passage, I think to myself, how can God take the defeats that I face in my life and turn them into victories? But the truth is he can. I, drew, I truly believe that God is our redeemer. That means he buys us back and that he can redeem our life and he can redeem our days. And, and so every time I read this passage, it just, it just gets me excited because I realize there's hope for me. So if you have a Bible, if you have a pen today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. How does God want to take my defeat and turn it into to victory now the bible says that Achan took this robe and he hid it and so uh god said hey listen i'm not going to bless you but all of a sudden the people of israel get a little cocky because at the end of chapter six the bible says that the all the people around are starting to say hey these israelites man they can they can take anybody out and so they get a little arrogant and they go to this next city and say hey we don't need the whole army let's just send a few people over here and we'll defeat these people and then we'll move on to the next thing But just as we read in the beginning of chapter 7, they went out to battle, and the Bible says they tucked their tails and they went away running because the people of Ai ambushed them. I don't know about you, I've been at that place. I've had incredible victories in my life, only to be followed up by incredible defeats. The person in this room today that says, man, I never face defeat, I always win, I always have victory you're not alive. You need to pinch the person beside you and say, "Sometimes you lose." Okay? <laughs> Sometimes you lose. But the person in this room that understands that God designed us for victory and not for defeat and he wants us to have spiritual victory in our lives, the enemy doesn't want you to hear that today. You see, I love the Bible because the Bible's like a blueprint of how God works. If I were to roll out some blueprints of this building today, you would see that there's certain electrical pieces, and there's plumbing pieces, and you know there's a footing here, and there's a beam here, and, but you can see the construction of a building when you look at its blueprint. The Bible's the same way. It gives us a blueprint of how God has worked in the past, but it also gives us a blueprint of how he will work in the future. And the reason I want you to write this down today is I believe God's given us a blueprint right out of the Old Testament. And he's saying, hey, you want to learn how to take defeat in your life and turn it into victory? then watch this blueprint. Watch what I did in my people through this leader named Joshua. So if you have a pen, I want you to write this down. Our greatest defeats in life come from our own unwillingness to surrender a thought, an attitude, or a possession. Think about that. Our greatest defeats in life come when you and I are unwilling to surrender a thought, an attitude, or a possession in our life. And that's exactly what happened to the people of God they got a little arrogant, they won a little bit, they had a little bit of victory, and and suddenly they're they're flat on their face. It's kind of like this. I've I've been a Christ follower long enough. I meet a lot of people who claim to be followers of Christ who live their entire spiritual life on defense. They feel attacked all the time. You hear them say things like, man, the enemy's just coming after me. And you know what? That's true. The enemy will come after you. I meet a lot of people, and they're tossed by the waves of their circumstances. They're kind of in this this fog of, man, I don't understand why all these bad things are happening to me, And, and yet we never ask the question, I don't understand why all these good things are happening to me. Have you ever noticed that? We never ask that question. They're tossed by their circumstances, or they're attacked repeatedly by the enemy. And by the way, I want to say again, you and I, we have a real enemy, and it's not your spouse, and it's not your teenager. It's the devil. The Bible says he wants to steal, kill and destroy every single one in this room. But Jesus himself, when he said, hey, that's the ploy of the enemy, he also said, but I have come that you may have abundant life. So Jesus is the victor. But I meet a lot of people that are repeated uh, over and over again, talk about being attacked by the enemy. In fact, a lot of these people that I meet, they have a really low track record of an overcoming life. Many of them are weary, they're bruised, they're burned out. And, and it's almost like, wait a minute, Jesus is alive. He lives inside of you, but there's no victory. What's up with that? And I don't know that's you, but I think God designed us for more than that. So here's what I know. In Joshua chapter 7 and in chapter 8, God tells his people, I want you to go into the promised land. I want you to fight these battles. I want you to give to me what's me what's mine, but I want you to possess the land. And I want you to hear this thought. Many people want to pass through the promised land, but not ever possess it. And spiritual victory comes in your life and my life when we choose not to just go in and walk through, but to stake the claim of which God says is ours. And today I want to tell you that the enemy, he doesn't want us to speak this message. In fact, he would be glad if right now I just died of a heart attack. He'd be happy right now if, if somehow I would just fall out dead because he does not want you to hear the blueprint that's found right here in Joshua chapter 8. So if you have a pen, I want you to write a couple things down. First of all, if we're going to learn to turn our defeat into victory, we have to learn to give God glory Give God glory. Joshua chapter 7, the Bible says that they knew somebody had sinned, and so they brought everyone together, and they began whittling it down, and suddenly they realized there was this guy Achan, and he had taken this robe, and he had hid it, and he had these little possessions and and all this other stuff, and and, and they began to call him out, and then all of a sudden in verse uh, 19, the Bible says of chapter 7, then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him tell me what you've done. Do not hide it from me. Here's what he was saying. You and I will find victory from even our defeat when we begin to give God glory. Get honest before God. Get real before God. Get authentic before God. The whole term, give God glory, means tell God the truth. And I want to tell you, one of the things that the enemy hates and that he will always use against us is when we're living with untruth. Give God the glory. Give to God what's already his. I love it. If you go back and study the story, I'll say it again. The first victory they faced in the promised land was Jericho. God said, everything that you win at Jericho, I want you to give it to me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you spoils like you never thought. But the first victory belongs to the Lord. And by Achan taking this one piece of clothing, you know what he was saying? "Uh Uh-uh, God. Some of this belongs to me. So I want to tell you how to take defeat and turn it into victory. First of all, give God glory. Surrender the things and the parts of your life that he wants you to devote to him. Be willing to trust him. And the truth is, there's no victory until God gives you the victory anyway. So I want you to hear this key truth. Victory comes through surrender, not through strength. He said, I want you to win this battle at Jericho, and then I want you to lay it before me. And then I'm going to meet your needs. I don't know about you, but a lot of people struggle to give God glory because they think they got a better plan than God has. Amen? (laughs) Have you ever been there? God, you don't understand my circumstances. I have to cheat on my taxes, God. It's the only way I can win. And God's going, hey, don't you understand? I own a cattle on a thousand hills. I can meet every single need you have. I can do more in a moment than you could ever attempt to do in a lifetime. So we start to win against our enemy when we first decide that we're going to give God glory. Number two, we need to step out with authority. Now here's where the story gets really good. I want you to look at Joshua chapter 8. Verse 1, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, take the whole army with you. In other words, don't just take a few people and be cocky because you're going to get defeated. But I want you to get the whole ding dang army together and go up and attack Ai. And I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. In other words, you're going to wipe them out. I love this. In our lives, the blueprint says this. We give God glory first, and then we trust God, and we step out with his authority. If God says he's given it to you, go possess it. You say, I'm not into all the name of claimants, though. Listen. There is no name it, claim it today. Jesus already won it at the cross. I am just the pickup boy. (laughs) There's nothing I got to claim. He's already claimed it when he defeated the cross and came out of the grave. I am living post of the moment that Jesus is the victor. And he says, I want you to be victorious. Step out in authority. He looked at him and he said, Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Take everything you have, take the plan, the resources. And learn to play offense. So how many football fans we got here today? Yeah, I know we got some football fans. If only a few more months. Your life will be back to normal. You'll be sitting on your couch in an NCAA coma before you know it. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, what is the best defense in football? A great offense. If you can outscore your opponent, chances are very, very good you're going to win. Now, I know we're in SEC country. Everyone's like, oh, there's nothing better than a defense. I get that. But I just want to say again, if you score on every possession, you're going to have a hard time beating somebody. You will win. Your spiritual life is not spent are not meant to be spent on your heels living on the defense of, oh my goodness, look what the enemies brought against me, look what my family's brought against me, look what the IRS brought, look what everything's brought. Listen, you are made to play offense, not defense. God told Joshua, I want you to go out, possess the land, You're gonna, I'm gonna give you the king, his people, his city, his land, you cannot fail. So here's the key truth today. When you start to give God glory, And you put him first, and then secondly, you step out on the authority of what God's already told you to do, you can't lose. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to think somehow it's how good you play the game, or how well you can muster up, you know, enough faith to make something that's not true, guys. God's word is clear. When God says, Hey, I'm gonna do this, you trust him and you move on his authority, not your authority, because you don't have any authority. But here's what you don't do. You don't step back and say, Well, I'm just going to wait here and hope the enemy doesn't attack me. How boring is that? You're going to have about 77 years on this earth, and you're going to spend your life on your heels going, Oh, don't hit me. I don't know about you. I mean, I was born and raised in Oklahoma. If you stuck me in a corner, I will come out swinging and I will punch you in the throat. I'm not going to hold back. Listen, I'll get 3 swings off before you'll knock me out with one, but I'll get 3 swings off cuz I'm going to swing faster than you. And some of us spiritually, we're holding back. We're sitting in the corner of life and the enemy's throwing all these punches at us and we need to begin to step out in the authority that God's already told us we have. Jesus is one, we are winners. Step into the authority that God's already says you have. Number three, step back to the place of defeat with confidence. Now, this is where it gets really perplexing to some people. Some of you in this this room today, you face spiritual defeats in your life, and you've remembered a moment or a time or a place, and your job is to get as far away from that as possible. I don't want to remember that. I don't want to think about that. But I want you to hear this. God took Joshua back to the valley where they had just been defeated to bring a greater victory. I love that piece of the blueprint. Well, does God work that way? He sure does. God will often take us to the valley of our last defeat to bring a greater victory in our life. Look what the Bible says in verse nine of Joshua eight. Then Joshua sent them off and they went to the place of ambush and lay in wait in Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent the night with the people Early the next morning, Joshua mustered his army, and he and the leaders of Israel marched before them to Ai, and the entire force was, was with him and marched up and approached the city, and they arrived in front of it, and then they set up a camp north of Ai with the valley between them and the city. He was setting up an ambush, but he said, you guys are going to come hang out with me in the valley. And then verse 12, Joshua had taken about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai to the west of the city. And then look at verse 13. Verse 13. So the soldiers took up their positions with the main camp to the north of the city and the ambush to the west, and that night Joshua went to the valley. I wonder what Joshua was thinking that night. (laughs) I mean, he had already seen his men get defeated, right? He had already seen the defeat that had already happened. But the Bible says he set up the ambush west of the city, and then he and his men, they went down to the valley, and they sat there. Listen, I don't, think, I don't think this is what Joshua thought. Man, I hope God comes through. I think there was something in Joshua that he had already stepped out in authority before God. That as he was in the valley, he was going, man, I sure wish the sun would come up because these suckers are ours. We will not lose. For some of you, you're living in the fear of I can't go back to the place where I've been defeated. I don't want to deal with those places in my life. I want to tell you that the enemy will always use those against you. And I'm here today to speak truth to you and tell you that he will let you stay in that spot as long as you are not willing to go back to the place of defeat and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. Give glory to God. Step out in authority. Go back to the place of defeat. And let God begin to do something incredible. Vince Lombardi, the, the incredible coach of the Green Bay Packers for years and years, he'd had this amazing winning streak, and then suddenly he began to lose a few games, and people began to get critical of him, and as they always do, right? But someone interviewed him and said, uh, "Coach Lombardi, what is it like to win all the time?" This is what he said. He said, "The glory's not in winning. the glory is in coming back from defeat." The glory is not in winning all the time. The glory is in coming back from defeat. I think that's true in our life. I think God gets the most glory even through our own frustrating defeats when suddenly we begin winning and he gets all the glory. Amen? I think that's true. The enemy doesn't like it. I know he hates it. But some of you in this room... You stand with the the remembrance of your past and it's your relationships or your marriage or your finance or your career or whatever it is in your life and you're like, I can't go back there. And God goes, hey, wait a minute. If you go back to this place and you do what I tell you to do, you may win in a greater way that you've ever known. Go back to the place of defeat with confidence. Now this point always freaks me out, but I'm telling you, This is the part the enemy does not want you to hear today. You need to draw the enemy out. Oh, wait a minute, Sean. I'm not into all that. I'm not into this whole spiritual warfare thing, you know. I know people all the time that kind of like, man, you shouldn't, whoa, you shouldn't entice the devil to do that to you. (laughs) Listen, do you think the enemy can attack you without going through God first? He can't if you're a child of God. So, I love this idea that in the middle of this battle, here's what Joshua does. He says, We're going to go down here, spend the night in the valley. You guys are going to go to the west side. And then in the morning, when the sun comes up, we're going to draw the enemy out. They're going to see us and they're going to see me, because I'm the leader of this group, standing in the middle of the valley, going back to the place where they kicked our tails before. And suddenly, we're going to draw the enemy out. And I love how the Bible says this. When morning rose, The sun came up. The men were all around in the positions. Verse 14: When the king of Ai saw this, he met all the men of the city. He and all the men of the city hurried out early in the morning to meet the Israelites in battle at a certain place overlooking Arebah. But he did not know that the ambush had been set up against him. Now that's key because we're going to talk about that in a second. Then Joshua and all Israel let themselves be driven back before them, and they fled toward the wilderness. In other words, they started going, run away, run away. I mean, they're running away, and all of a sudden, people start chasing after them. And I love this, verse 16, all the men of Ai were called to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua, and they were lured away from the city. And not a man remained in Ai or Bethel who did not go after Israel, and they left the city open and went in pursuit of Israel. Here's what you can count on. Here's why I think you need to draw the enemy out. The enemy works in patterns. He has a plan and a set way that he's defeated you time and time again. He loves working in lies and diversions. He wants to divert you 12 degrees from what God's will is for your life so that you'll start thinking, hey, I'm just gonna go, no, 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 no. no. It's time to wise up. One of the ways that we draw the enemy out is we learn how he schemes against us. I love this part of the scripture because Joshua knew, hey, the moment they start pursuing us, we got 5,000 guys on the west side of the city. The whole city's ours. He schemed against the enemy instead of letting the enemy scheme against him. You see the difference? That's learning to play offense, amen? That's not sitting on your heels going, hey, just whatever happens, I hope it doesn't hurt too bad. No, man. He drew the enemy out so that this next point could be made real. You got to go to battle. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I pray you hear this. In this blueprint of turning our defeat into victory, We've got to learn to go to battle. Look what the Bible says in verse 18. Then Joshua, or, then the Lord said to Joshua, hold out toward Ai the javelin that is in your hand, for into your hand I will deliver the city. So Joshua held out toward the city the javelin that was in his hand. And as soon as he did, the men of the ambush rose quickly from their positions and they rushed forward and they entered the city and they captured it and they quickly set it on fire. Victory! Why? Because the Bible says Joshua was willing to take the javelin that was in his hand, and go to battle. He had already been defeated. He had been embarrassed. But suddenly when God said, I want you to go to battle, and when you go to battle and you raise up that javelin, you can't lose. Now here's what's cool about that. If you know the story, before Joshua, the leader was Moses. Moses stood on the edge of the Red Sea, And God told him, Moses, I want you to take this staff that's in your hand, and I want you to hold it up, because you are going to be witnesses of what God can do. So we know the story, right? It comes on around every Easter on television. He parted the Red Sea. He held the staff, and he was a witness to what God did. And then suddenly, we see Joshua, and Joshua learns a very important truth. We are not called just to be witnesses of God's power. We are called to be warriors. The Bible says he took a javelin, he took a spear, and he held it up in the air. And the Bible says the moment he did, the victory was theirs. Why? It was a signal. We're going to battle. The enemy does not want you to go to battle. He wants you to go to your corner and lay down. But I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what defeat you faced in your life, where you're at. Some of you, you're on your last leg of your last leg of your last leg, and you want to quit. And I want to tell you today, don't quit. Because God says, hey, if you'll do these things and and you'll look at my blueprint and my word, you'll see how I've taken people just like you who've been defeated, and I've taken their defeat and I've turned it into victory because they were willing to go to battle. Look at verse 25. 12,000 men and women fell that day, all the people of Ai, for Joshua did not draw back the hand that was held out, that held out his javelin until he had destroyed all who lived in Ai. He just sat there, and God's people went to battle. Somebody ought to make a movie about that. I mean, we got movies about people frozen and Somebody make a movie about a dude holding a javelin for eight hours. Oh, my hand's tired. Dude, we sure are winning. You guys keep fighting. We can't lose. Let me tell you what that was signal of. If we're willing to go to battle and hold up what God says, hold up, he'll give us the victory. Amen? We don't have to worry. I love it. The Bible says Joshua didn't draw back the hand that held out the javelin until he destroyed all who lived in Ai. He kept battling. I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else, please hear this. Many people want to pass through the promised land, but few want to possess it. I'm not talking about some sort of pie in the sky spiritual idea of, oh, I just got to be more godly, I got to be more this. Listen, that is religion, and it is dead. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave so that you and I could be victorious. And here's what I truly believe. When we go to battle, trusting God for the victory, amazing things happen in our life. But one of the the most amazing things is we realize you know what, God? You got this. We've already won. We've already won. He just kept battling, and he couldn't lose. The last point, it's so important, but I think we need to get it. Not only do we have to go to battle, but lastly, we have to celebrate the victory. So the Bible says they were victorious over them. In verse 30, it says, Then Joshua built on Mount Ebal an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. If you have your, a pen or a highlighter, I want you to underline in that phrase, the God of Israel. In Joshua 6, they were arrogant, and on their own. Hey man, we defeated Jericho. We can do this. We got this. We don't need an offense or a defense. We got us. (laughs) And they went out and they were defeated because they hadn't devoted all the things that God wanted to devote to them and just lay it before him. But suddenly they're in this place where they're winning this victory that they had just got their heads handed to them about. And what they learned is that many people want to pass through the promised land, but few want to possess it. So they win, and the Bible says the first thing they did is they went back to the place where Moses had originally told them to build the first altar. Because he said, when you go into the promised land, look at Deuteronomy 27.4. When you've crossed the Jordan, set these stones on Mount Ebal as I command you and coat them with plaster. They went back to the exact place where it all began and they built an altar. Just them building the altar said something. Their heart had changed. It was no longer about my victories. It was about his victory. It was no longer about what can I do. It was about being a witness and a warrior for God. And so they built an altar. The Bible says they were to write all the promises and the laws of God on this stone of this altar so that the people of God could walk around and remember the victory. They celebrated the victory. I love that. It's kind of like last night I was watching the basketball game. They got on the ladder and they cut down the net. They couldn't lose. See, some of us forget this. When they moved into the promised land, it wasn't cake and ice cream. They had to defeat 33 kings once they entered the promised land. Said, that doesn't sound like the promised land. That sounds like the pain land. Listen, I got into this whole Jesus thing because I thought He would fix all my problems. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're going to have to fight some battles. You're going to go through some tough times. And you know what you're going to realize? Just what we sang earlier Christ is enough for me. I love that. So He got to this point, He built an altar. They wrote the promises of God. And look at verse 34. Afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as it was written in the book of the law. That was signifying that they were renewing their relationship with God. God, I want to put you first. Not second, not third, not ninth, but first. They were reminding each other of the promises. They refocused themselves on God's glory. And I love what it says. It says, The Bible tells us in the latter part of that chapter Everything that was in the land of Ai They began to possess God gave them every cow Every robe Every jewel And every crown They possessed what God said they could possess What an incredible Blueprint For victory So I want to ask you today Where are you in that Say, Sean, I'm just not that spiritual. Listen, I'm not that spiritual either. I just gave my life to Jesus when I was 17 and I started reading this stuff and it changed my life. I didn't grow up in church. Nobody sat me down and talked to me about the deep things of God. Nobody did that to me. I started reading it and living it. And suddenly I started figuring out there's patterns of ways that God has worked in the past of how he still works today. The enemy wants to lie to you He wants to tell you you can't win. He wants to tell you your family can't change. Your kids can't change. Your finances are toast. You might as well sell the house, the farm, and the cat. I mean, it's done, right? But listen, God has a way of taking our greatest defeats, taking us to the place of the valley, and creating the greatest victories. To God be the glory. Let's pray.